In April 2020, just as the global pandemic was kicking off, Lawrence and I started recording our weekly Friday Firesides. These are conversations broadcast live over the Crowdcast platform and joined by people all over the world who listen in and share their thoughts with us via the chat. We started these live recordings as an opportunity to keep in touch with our members, as well as process what it meant to run a business during a pandemic. Since then, we've broadcast nearly every single Friday and built up a library of over 100 episodes. We cover a range of different topics from money to meaning, pricing to purpose, vision to vulnerability, entrepreneurship to empathy, and product design to life design. This is our perspective of what it means to do business from the inside out, as well as the outside in. If you're a business hippie just like us, then you'll definitely find something of value here. We hope that these conversations inspire and motivate you to do work and build businesses that create meaningful change without burning out. Because like us, you're just wanting to make money, do good and be happy. We're two years too late landscaping our garden. I've spent days and days and weeks and weeks landscaping it and decking and fencing. And I've only got a cabin in the corner to build now and then we'll be good. Anyone who does like landscaping of their own garden is like, makes me feel a bit rubbish. It's like <laughs> hardly cut the grass. What's it's not, it's not his own for genius. Do you know what? It would be if I wasn't traumatized as a child by it because um, my dad was very much into that stuff and it just, I, I just, it was, I was, it was forced labor. On, on the, well, I was going to say theme of landscaping. It isn't really a theme of landscaping. <laughs> it's like nearly tenuously there on that like real rubbish connection to, <laughs> to like the land and being able to use the land. And we're going to think about the land to bring us awe. Um, so yeah, the title of this is Awe is the Antidote to Society's Malaise or Maladies, I think you actually said, Tim, when we had a chat earlier this week. And so I, th- I thought it would be useful first to kind of say, talk about what do we mean by that? And then we'll talk a bit more about you, Tim, and, and, and why you're interested in, in this idea of awe. And, and we'll talk about nature, I'm sure. I have a sense that we're, we've lost our connection with the things that are important. We've lost our connection with ourselves, we've lost our connection with each other. And we've lost our connection with the planet and with the, and with the natural world. And, and, and there's lots and lots of reasons for that. But I think it's made so much worse in this in this modern era, where we we've, we've we've just kind of forgotten what's important. And I I guess I'm on a journey to discover for myself what's important. And as a result of doing that journey, I've I've then tried to help others find what's important, rebuild those connections, and ultimately, I guess. I've realised that what I'm trying to do is help people find meaning and connection in the in the great wide open, and it's it's become a it's become a passion. You know the way you know the way these things do. We, we might talk we'll maybe talk a bit more later on, but I used to have a career nine to five. I would have thrown money at landscaping the garden. I was thinking when you were saying this, I, I, I don't I don't have money to throw at landscaping the garden. I've got time to throw at it. I want to make something with my with my own hands. Um, and 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 since going self-employed, I don't have as much money as I used to have. But honestly, I have never been happier because one of the reasons I started my business was to get outdoors more. And it all stems from from spending more time outdoors, because human we've evolved to be outdoors. You know, for 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 ninety nine percent of of human evolution, we spent time out there, and, and and we didn't have any choice because you know there weren't really walls or ceilings or central heating or nice clothes or any of that. So so we've evolved to to, to be at our at our peak condition, weirdly, in in that natural state. And, and, and the modern world just places so many barriers between us and really what we've evolved for that, that our bodies and our minds are just like, well, what, what is going on? We, we, we don't understand it. And, and we seek, we seek um, to, to, to do something about that in so many ways that, that ultimately often prove fruitless. And we often find ourselves on cycles of going, round and round and trying something new and doing this, that and the other. And actually a lot of the solutions are are very simple. But 
one of the most profound ones is is getting out there and experiencing awe. Just 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 getting out there and, fi- and finding yourself small, you know, dwarfed by something, even a little bit scared by something. Mm. And and that, yes, it can invoke fear and terror, but also in a good way because it makes you realise that that you're part of a bigger system and you're one small but important part of that of that of that bigger system and maybe those things that you've been dwelling on and obsessing about and focusing around aren't really the most important things for you to do and i I think getting out there and having those experiences of or just just completely changes your perspective um for me it's a bit like you know you know when you're you know it's in the middle of the night and it's 3 a.m. in the morning, and you, you, you're turning something over, and you, you can't get back to sleep, and you're just obsessing about it, going over and over and over. And then when you wake up the next day, you're like, oh, why was I so obsessed about that in the middle of the night? Well, that's the same sort of perspective shift that you can get when you get out there and start to experience awe. So so that that step from 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 night fears that are keeping you awake to, to, to looking at it in the cold light of day, you can get that same perspective shift by going out somewhere and finding an, an, an experience of awe. We had, I'm trying to think of the couple, was it Ellen Rupert who did a workshop a few years ago at Summer Camp, we talked about awe and wonder, and that really got me on this path to thinking about this, well, the word, I think, the word's an underused word, isn't it? And as soon as, you know, I was even Googling the definition of it the other day of, of it, um, just that feeling of surprise or wonder, or I think like Tim said, I think perspective is a big one for me, that feeling of feeling small, and how nature can make us feel, especially if you're somewhere like the mountains, like a different sense of nature, because I live by the sea and by the downs, and I love it, and it's great during lockdown, but there's something about a different view of nature or the outdoors that you would normally experience, um, or maybe it's just a different part of the nature that you normally experience, something smaller. I'm glad you reminded me of that workshop that we had at summer camp, and the thing I really enjoyed about that is that trying to get that sense of perspective. And in this case, they were doing a workshop on just the the size of the solar system. And so is that along the lines, I think if any of you are fans of Brian Cox, he did a similar kind of thing. But basically you get like a, I don't know, a pea or a football or a grain of sand and you, you put it in the middle of the field and then you basically relatively see how far away the Earth is from the sun, for instance. And you realise... So you've got like an orange here and then halfway across the field, a massive field, like halfway across a football pitch, you've got this grain of sand or this little pea, which is the earth. And then you think, well, and I'm a tiny little thing on that pea in this massive space, which is only a small bit of everything else. So that for me, like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, there's that fear of like, oh my God, um, I'm totally insignificant. But I forget what that, there's a phrase, I think astronauts have it when they look back at the earth. But there's this real perspective shift. Yeah, o- overview like, effect. Overview effect. That's it. And it's like, actually, do you know what? We need to stick together. Because, <laughs> mm. like, this is all we got. So, yeah, I, I'm, I like the idea, or the way I'm connecting it is that on a day-to-day, we get really ru- bogged down with shit internet or no Wi-Fi signal or someone's late to get my sandwich and how that becomes ridiculously amplified until we actually see something that gives us a perspective shift and that's just like some more facetious examples but there's something here about you know i think this whole idea of society's malaise or society's maladies there's something i think i don't know is there something deeper that's happening right now that you've seen tim that you're more aware of or is this just a general perspective that you've had all the time i actually think the pendulum is swinging back the other way i i think I, I think we've gone through the pain of the disconnect. I think we've, you, you know, we're experiencing, you know, record levels of, 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 of obesity and suicide and, and, and mental health problems. The the the, the, the climate change that we that, that we're going to start seeing, the the wars, all, all of this comes from from those three disconnects from self, others, and and, and planet. And I think. I think we're starting to realise that actually the system isn't really working very effectively for us, and and, and maybe 
we can't solve that by kind of running around playing whack-a-mole trying to trying to solve it each bit individually and maybe we need to do things differently and i i, I genuinely feel that for such a long time our our um the story of our, of, of our society has been one of disconnect but now we're starting to say actually maybe we do need to do to be reconnected with ourselves and with the planet and with each other and 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 actually once you start to see those three disjoints you can also start to see people who are stitching them together and and doing that in the right way and you know it, 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 there's loads of things obviously i mean for me i when i wanted to find a new role in life and and, and start out in business i went back to the to the outdoors because that was something that that i'd always loved when i was a kid um and it was like 2015 you, i could see it starting to take off again and it was starting to become cool you know instagram has has driven a lot of that i know i know a lot of people are, are down on it but like my 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 eldest kid who's 13 he came to me and he said, the other day and he was like can we go to switzerland dad i'm like what yeah you can go to switzerland if you want i'd love to go to switzerland why why all of a sudden and he it's because he'd seen it on on tiktok and he'd seen loads of stuff on tiktok about going to switzerland and I, I think that's brilliant and and i think it's a reflection that that we are starting to go actually the things that we've been doing aren't good for us we need we need to do things differently so i'm particularly interested in the in the um, in, in the outdoors and the benefits that, that provides and, and in using the outdoors as a as a sounding board and a, and a thoughtful place I, I i i it's like natural philosophy i i spend a lot of time out there i, I read a lot of books i spend a lot of time out there and 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 as i walk around I'm 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 kind of churning all this stuff over, and it start it starts to make sense, and I can I can start to make sense of that for myself, and and I think so many people are finding their own route to connection in in, in whatever it is, because they've realised that that actually that is super important and way more important than the next the next pay rise or the the the, the next job opportunity or the next car or or or, or whatever, and and. For too long, I think we've I think we've chased things that we've been we've been sold are going to be fulfilling. That all of a sudden we realize you get it, and you're like, all oh, right, I've got I want something else. And, and, and this constant desire that that has been propagated within us, it's it, it's not helping any of us. And we need to find ways that we can we can break out of that and and, and find true value and and, and and true meaning in life. Um, and I guess that's something that that I always sort of believed, but I never expected my journey as an entrepreneur would take me to a personal level where I really felt that was that was the, 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 the way forward and that it would give me a platform to help with others. And, 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 and bringing that meaning and connection to other people is just the most fulfilling thing I could ever have done. Like, you, you know, I get... I got I got some amazing emails after after lockdown. I got I got one from a lady who said, "If you ever need," sorry, I'm getting quite emotional just thinking about it. She said, "If if you ever need proof of the of the, of the change that you're making to people, just let me know, and I'll tell you how sane you kept me through some really tough times." And like, mm. you couldn't ask for more than that, could you? You couldn't ask for more than than helping someone navigate some tough times. So so um, I'm 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 very lucky to have found this. Um, and it feels it, it, it feels right, I guess. There's a few things I think we could explore here. There's three three that spring to mind. There's this idea of like essentially what I heard was like a system change. You know, there's a, a need to re-evaluate the way we're living, um, not only individually but as a as societies, which can feel like, oh, that's a lot. There's this idea of I think changing our relationship, personal relationship to nature for those of us who feel a bit disconnected from it or, or caught up in what should we call the rat race um and then this other thing which i'm really curious about is your own journey of entrepreneurship and how that's evolved emerged how clarity it sounds like is as has come over time or emerged over time which i think is going to resonate with a lot of people in our community so I'm going to save the system change for a bit later. But there's some stuff that I'd like to explore, particularly around the work of Charles Eisenstein, this idea of like the stories that we tell ourselves around um, work and, and life and how that affects the, the way that we act in the world. And then there's this other element around how we start to reconnect 
to nature or you know start to change this relationship to how we want to work and how we want to live and what nature and all can do for us i quite like what you said tim about i used to have a career <laughs> that's maybe a good place to start well i, I was going to start there and, and i was actually going to start with the system change i know carlos said we'll save it to the end but so i used to work in economic development and i i was a the head of strategy for an economic development agency um, and ostensibly that was all about creating jobs and supporting business growth. But I was never satisfied with just supporting growth for the sake of it. And what I was trying to do was, was bring a new way of, of, of thinking about growth in that was more focused on the benefit that it delivered, the social benefit and minimizing the, the, the environmental um, impact and providing environmental benefit where we could. And that was great. And I was using it, particularly, I'm a big fan of Kate Raywood's Donut Economics, if anyone's come across that, which which starts to look at the reason that economics have, have got things wrong, because it's just externalised a whole load of costs and impacts and, and, and inputs that it's, that it's just going, oh, we don't need to worry about that because it's not money. And what Donut Economics did was, that, was they said, well, actually... We've got uh, an ecological ceiling, which all this economic activity can't push beyond, because that's kind of the planet's carrying capacity. And it's got a social foundation that all this is building on, and, and, and we can't go below that. So there I was, working in mainstream economic development, trying to bring on board these, these, these new theories. And, and we did get to the point where we'd, we'd, we'd basically, my, the, the strategy that I developed was, had our region, York and North Yorkshire, set up to be the the first carbon negative region in the, the in the country on our basis that some places needed to be carbon negative for the whole the whole of the country to get, to be going going carbon neutral so that was good and it was great and and actually I, I did feel like I was I was making an impact but on a personal level I realized that I'd lost a lot within my life I went to the do lectures back in 2012 um got my boss to pay for it actually and 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 it was there that I realised that actually there were people living these bigger, more expansive lives, um, and and I realised that probably I, I I quite wanted some of that, and so that that thought was ticking away in the back of my mind, and oh yeah, you could start a business, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and I was also our head of business as well as being head of strategy, and and so I was doing all this stuff to support businesses, and I didn't want to be one of those people who 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 taught what they what they couldn't do. And all this kind of came to a head um, in 2015 when I turned 40 and my dad passed away. And and I found <sighs> I am all right, by the way. Um, it's just, you know, these things touch you. So I, I found myself in a hotel room, a hotel room, a hospital room with my dad who was dying. And so I look. I was looking out. So he was in Carlisle Royal Infirmary, and I was looking out over the Solway Firth, and I could see some hills in the distance. And I'd already been thinking all these things, and 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 there in the room, I um, I realised that I needed to, to do something different. Um, honestly, I'm all right. I'm just an emotional idiot. <laughs> Ignore the tears. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I realised I needed to do something different. And there and then, I, I told him because we'd spent a lot of time outdoors. Um, he spent many hours walking up hills with me or walking behind me up hills, stopping, for, stopping to watch the view. And over, over my life, I realised that he'd, I'd, I'd lost my way. I was doing lots of other stuff, good stuff. I, I, I used to be a martial arts instructor. I was doing loads of stuff. But I wasn't getting outdoors. I wasn't, I wasn't feeding that passion that I'd had as a kid. Uh, and I realised that, that something was missing and, and kind of concluded that was that. So there in, 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 in that hospital room, as my dad lay dying, I told him I was going to start a business, that, that change things and, and get me back out there. So that's what I did. Um, I don't know whether he heard me. That's Because he was kind of unconscious. He'd had, he'd had a massive, um, massive organ failure. Um, so I never know if he heard, which is, which is hard. But, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Sandy, I don't want to make people cry. It's just, you know, this, but this is what it takes. This is how change happens. Mm. So 
Mm. So there I was. Um, so I went part-time and still still had a bit of the day job. And, and, and I went part-time and I founded this business called Gather Outdoors. And I still wanted to disrupt the system but do it from, from, from a different perspective. So I wanted to do it from a retail space. And I came up with this crazy idea of selling high-end outdoor equipment, so like folding kayaks and tree tents and beautiful stuff that would get you out there but selling it to groups of people um, instead of send it, selling it to individuals. So if you got two or three people together, you'd have or, or a third of the cost of, of buying this great kit. Um, and it was called Crew Buy. And that was my big disruption. What I wanted to do was bring the sharing economy into the retail space. What I, but I didn't really have the skills. I, 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 didn't, I didn't really know what, what I was doing at the time. Um, it was, I was big on ideas and strategy and, and, and short on tactics. So, I, so I, but I carried on, and, and and I was getting lots of benefit out of it um, personally, in, in in terms of personal development. Um, and after time, I, I started doing broader retail of sustainable clothing equipment, and and that was all going okay, ticking along. But I recognised that that actually I, I needed I needed to do something else to smooth out the the, the peaks and troughs in, in 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 the season. So I so I introduced this book club. And I was like, hey, I'm sure people would like to buy outdoor books. So I introduced this book club called Adventurous Inc. Um, and we did it on Kickstarter. We launched it in 2017. And, and it, it went okay. And it, was, it, it was good. And actually, over time, it was, it was reading all these books that really moved my personal journey on when I could see the benefits that other people were getting from, the, from, from, from being outdoors and the, and the thinking that it provided. So it got to about 2019, and I was like, "Okay, I'm," because by this point I'd stopped doing the crew buy; it just 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 wasn't working. So I was just selling sustainable clothing and equipment, and I was like, "Actually, this is I, I'm just I'm just adding another another middleman in the mouth. I wasn't adding enough value. I was doing the same thing as so many other people. So I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to stop it. Mm. So I stopped selling stuff." And focused on adventurous ink because that that I'd already started to get some feedback and, and people are oh, yeah no one else is sending me these books it's amazing thank you so much um, so I could see from the feedback that, that that people liked it and and so carried on like that part time still for, for for a few more months but in the end I realised and, and and again this is about how change happens is is, is things happen in your life and i realized that that i wasn't working well at work mentally i wasn't i wasn't i wasn't in a good space i'd started suffering a lot from anxiety my relationship with my boss had hit below rock bottom um, and the anxiety tipped into paranoia and and yeah i was in a really really bad space i remember at the end of 2019 having to tell my team i was like look guys i'm really sorry i'm i'm just struggling here and that uh, with, with my mental health and that i couldn't believe it i mean like I'd always viewed myself as, as as a strong character, even though I'm an emotional idiot, and I I just couldn't believe where this where this episode of of, of problems with my mental health had, had occurred from. Um, so so in the end, I decided that that I needed to move on. So I told my boss I was going to leave. I think he was probably quite relieved. I was quite relieved. Um, and then so I'd hand him a notice in, and we were working up towards it. And then all of a sudden, the pandemic hit. And my job was to predict what was going to happen with the pandemic. And I predicted that we were going to have the worst recession since the 1930s and unemployment rates that we've not seen since ever. Um, and I was still, it shows how bad things were. I was still like, I need to do this. I, 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 can't, I can't stick with the day job. So I quit at the start of the pandemic and started Adventurous Inc. And, and, and that's probably, but I, would, I have, would I have done it? Maybe, maybe I would, maybe I wouldn't. But I, I guess that reflection of, of going through such a tough time and using that as a springboard and a positive has, has really shown me that, that these things these things aren't good or bad. They're, they're, they're just signals about what's happening in your life and, and, and shows you the importance of, of, of listening to that. Mm. So that's what I did and that's what, that's what, I've, been, that's what I've been doing ever since. And, and Adventurous Sync has, has, has been amazing it's helped so many people but it's but it's helped me as well and and, and so yeah so I, I never expected to be a bookseller and, and i get to go out and do do as much outdoor stuff as i want and i get to call it work i mean it's it's the best excuse for getting out there 
and, and, and as I said before, I'm, I've never been happier or healthier or, or a more fulfilled person, really. So it's, mm. um, it's, been, it's been really good for me, but it, it has definitely been a, it's definitely been a journey that, that I've had to work through. It's not, it's not just landed. And I know I'm still, I know I'm still on that journey. I think we're all, if we're really honest, still on that journey. And I think this is a useful story for people who follow us in our community to just know that things can change. It is okay for things to change because also we change. And if I was going to break this down, there's an element of understanding how does how does the business work? You know, what is how can I smooth out the peaks and troughs of revenue? How can I manage the profit so actually I eat as well as sell stuff? But then there's... I think here an element of also just how you understand yourself in terms of what you want and what lights you up and the kind of work you want to do. In the startup world, they talk about problem solution fit, product market fit, this idea of like how can we just make money, make stuff that people want, but not so much what do I want <laughs> and is this the kind of business I want to run? Uh, and what we try and talk about is like product founder fit. Is the thing that I'm doing actually aligned with what I really want for myself? And I don't think you can necessarily do that from the beginning and say, yep, I know exactly what business I want and this is really going to feed me because there's a level of self-awareness that's needed there. And what I'm hearing from your story is just a real-life narrative of like actually by doing it, by trying stuff out, by finding it difficult, by the life's experiences that you've faced, you kind of honed in on a path. And it's possible. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I, 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 I'd met enough people, you guys included, who told me before I started on my journey that the best thing I could do was start and learn from it. Mm. And, and that's, that's what I took into it. I had, I had no experience, no expertise in the retail space or in marketing or in e-commerce or in any of that. I just knew that I wanted to do something different. And I figured... Well, I could sit on the sidelines and wonder about it, or I could throw myself into it and learn by doing. And that, and that's, and that's what I've, that's what I've always been doing. To the point that I think where I'm probably at now is I need to let go of that me needing to do all the learning, and I, and I need to move on and do more collaboration, and not try and do everything myself and bring other people on board to to, to help me with that. And that's been a that's been a journey as well because. My personal narrative has been, you know, I got away from that stifling career and I made something myself. I, I you know, I was my own hero, um, and I re- and I've realised in the past in the past year, I guess, the, 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 since the start of the year, that I've tripped myself up with that, and uh, and other people can help me move further. Um, so I'm I'm constantly on a on a learning journey. But that's one that I embrace, and I and I love the journey. I think it's I think it's fab. Mm. Well, there's a element there of I think what you're saying. There's learning the skills and things you need to know in order to build the business, and then learning. Actually, I don't have to do it all myself. Um, there's a term that I quite like. I uh, maybe overuse AFCO, another fucking growth opportunity. And this, all of these things that we face are just, you know, if we allow them, they're, they're things that can teach us more about the way we need to work and how we need to be. Uh, I was quite curious about Mart's comment here at Makers and Mavericks, uh, which was last week by the Do Lectures. Um, Wag me, which sounds like, for me, uh, some kind of dating service for footballers. <laughs> um, but it is essentially, we're all going to make it. And what I'm getting from that is this idea of resilience that actually um, through this, I don't know, this presence, this acceptance, this uh, getting used to uncertainty, there's a, there's a way to work it, make it through. And I think linking it to your story and I think the journey of entrepreneurship that some people have, there's this idea of like you make the business plan, you execute the business plan, you exit the business as opposed to you have no idea what you're doing, you're not sure where you're going to go, you kind of feel like it's in the right direction, and then you end up somewhere that you maybe need to be. And then connecting that, again, to this whole idea of being in nature and having an adventure and going for a walk that along a path that you never walked before and just responding to whatever direction that path is taking you. Maybe there's no path and you're just scrabbling through the underbrush, but... 
there's that i think you know when you talk about the terrifying thing about the size i think there's a terrifying thing around the uncertainty about actually will i get to where i need to get to and where do i need to get to as opposed to there's this real there's a road here it'll take you to newcastle follow it so yeah it's it's interesting there around the i think there's the awe aspect of nature there's this acceptance of the uncertainty and unpredictability i think of nature but then you started off at the beginning this whole idea of like systems change and how we we rework the way we're working at the moment i find that a hard uh, you know I, I understand it in terms of like you know we, i feel there's a i the way i've understood it we we've been learned a story that we can control nature through science through engineering through uh, industrial complex that so we're able to actually predict we make lots of things and pr- make them in a certain time and predict many many ways you know how our life will will pan out at a kind of an engineering level and then shit happens and it spins us out because we forgot actually we can't predict everything and so i'm wondering on one hand there's a, the, we wouldn't be able to have this conversation about the beauty of nature if it wasn't for the technology that <laughs> allows us to have this conversation which is based on being able to control nature but there's a fine balance here i think there's something around i don't know yeah i don't know if you have any thoughts about how we can shift even a personal level because i think it's going to take time isn't it it it, it is um i've got loads of thoughts (laughs) so so i I think this is a it's a sociological construct isn't it? It, it that that we can triumph over nature and we can control it but that only it's only a bubble that's come from one from one source of thought there's there are there are whole different ways of understanding our relationship with the planet and with and, and with the land and the environment that that don't get get us to where get us to where we are now it's just that for such a long time this way of this this conquesting way of of of, of conquering nations people land it seemed to be winning because we couldn't see all the losses we couldn't see all the externalities that hadn't been factored in and it's only when you start to see you know in so many in so many systems you start to see the system become destabilized and start to fall apart whether it's the financial system whether it's the whether it's the planetary system whether it's the social social systems it's only when you see those crises that you go hang on we were in a little bubble and we didn't realize it's, it just so happens that that bubble has stretched basically since since you know the 1500s but but that's a bubble that's going to have to change but there is so much knowledge outside of that bubble beyond that bubble about how you can live more harmoniously about about how you can find meaning and connection without having to go out and buy it in the in, in the way that, that particularly modern society has told us that we have to do for me, there has been this continual progress of, 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 I guess, conquest and dominion over nature. And we do need to, we do need to move past that. But actually, we've been taught the tools of how we move past that because we've all been sold on this idea that we can go out and buy something and it will make us happy. And that, that's just another social construct as well. You know, marketing and and, and all this. It just it's just one way of, of, of getting people to think. So if it can be used to do that, you can use those self-same tools to help people find more important things, more meaningful, more fulfilling things. Now it's it's a that's a mission that stretches beyond just businesses. But businesses are right at the heart of it. I, I think the challenge that we've got to face is is particularly in, in business. Is, is is how business turns itself around from being something that is essentially destructive to something that is delivering benefit. And, and, and so we've talked a bit about technology and, and technology tends to be used for the things that make the most money. And that's a problem in a way that if we turned it around and started to think about how can I use this technology to deliver the most benefit, that would be a much more productive way to work. It's the same with design. We 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 design for an, an an end experience, but we don't think about designing with abundance. So we don't work the way that nature works. We don't say, what have we got lots of? What can we make more of? 
we get we, we we sort of we we tunnel ourselves into needing rare earth minerals or or or, or, or whatever it is that again leads us on an unsustainable path. And it's because we've 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 created a system which allows us to ignore all the externalities, all the short-term thinking. And we need to push beyond that. Um, and that only comes from people recognizing that the system isn't delivering what what it was promised to deliver, which was you know mm. improving living standards, good quality of life for all. And actually, we need to do things differently. And that and that does mean change. But I think that's all part of this great reconnect where we go. The system is working, so we do need to do things differently. There's um there's a historian called David Gange, and I featured his book a couple of years back. And he he sea kayaks all the way down the wild Atlantic coast of England, well of of, of Great Britain, sorry. Um, so he goes all the way from Scotland and and, and goes around Ireland and, and and around Wales and around Cornwall. And he was looking even there. So people often talk about indigenous um, um, uh, knowledge and wisdom. But even there, he, he could see that the way that the Irish had farmed was so much more suitable to their landscape than, than what happened when, when new ideas were brought in and it was fertilised and, 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 and ploughed and this, that and the other, and it just wasn't right. And he calls it the germs of futures that never happened. So those germs of futures are out there. They, they, they are out there in, in, in so many different places. And I think our greatest challenge is going to be unearthing those germs of, of, of potential futures that haven't happened and cultivating them and bringing about that, that better future. But the challenge is, you know, the clock is ticking and and we've got to do that in, in a situation where things are getting harder. There's no two ways about it. But ultimately, we've got to realise that, that that's how change happens. There's, there's that saying, isn't there, about, oh, you should have fixed the, you should have fixed the roof while the sun was shining. But no one even recognises that the sun is shining. You just think, well, this is it. I mean, I'm not recognising the sun is shining until it starts to rain. And when it starts to rain, you go, crap, you need to fix that roof. And that's the reality of the situation. So, so that's the thing that gives me most hope about our potential to achieve system change and to do things differently. It isn't, it isn't fruitless. It isn't going to take us nowhere. Actually, the, the, the future could and should be much more beneficial for us all much more fulfilling for us all when we can slough off all the all, all this all this thinking that's led us to a to a dead end it's going to be difficult but you know it's a great challenge to have and, and what, what, what time to be alive to be to be part of that and be aware of that and again to take it back to the nature and the all thing i think these are the sorts of things i think about when i go walking up a mountain or climbing up a rock face or kayaking down a river these are the, you know, it's that time and the space to work all this through and think about what's happening, where does it go, and where do I fit? And and that's, I think that's a fairly unique experience that, that you get in the outdoors in a way that you don't get elsewhere. So nature isn't the only source of all. You know, you can get it from art, from culture, from from from, from family relationships. There's, there, from, there's, so many, there's so many places that you can get all from. But I think the real benefit that you find in the outdoors is that you can have that experience of awe, that recognition of how small and insignificant yet powerful you are. And then you can kind of just churn that over. You can you can walk with that. You can turn it over. The, 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 the author, Claire Nelson, has a wonderful phrase, and she calls it metabolizing her emotion. That's what she says she's doing when she walks. And you do, you turn things over and 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 I think that's what's I think that's really powerful. Um and that's what I find in all of the authors that we feature is that they have these experiences where I don't know they're they're canoeing down the Yukon or they're um, they're 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 cycling across Europe or, or whatever. And they will experience that all, but then they give themselves the time to metabolize that emotion get into the flow state and the beautiful thing about the writers is that they are they are blessed with the skills that they can convey that back to us and that's what i really love about featuring books about the outdoors is is that i'm 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 blessed to be working with these amazing people these amazing communicators who have these experiences and these insights and they've got the skills to be able to put it down on a bit of paper and share that with other people 
Um, and and I know for them that is very fulfilling, and um, and acting as a middleman, as a as a as a curator within that, is very fulfilling within me. Well, when we talked earlier this week, I can't remember the exact story, but you talked about walking to the mountains, basically taking it slow there and taking it slow back, uh, as opposed to you know drive, get a quick mountain fix, quick nature fix, drive there, drive back, you know, and and there's not. Not enough time, I assume, to, like you said, where there's meta, it must be metabolizing or we're just taking our time. And I'm wondering, part of this is around uh, our, a, an aspect of our detachment from nature is this obsession with time, doing things quick, building, making, achieving, getting somewhere in order, I, and I'm going to assume for most people, we do, we do things because we want to be happy. So we get careers, we make money, we buy things. And if you ask yourself, oh, I'm going to get that really amazing job to, just to make myself miserable? Probably not. You're probably doing it because you want to be happy. But there's something here around actually you can get that in other ways. You don't have to buy, achieve, make in order to, to get that happiness. And this is, I feel, is part of where what's coming, what's coming across and what you're talking about in terms of awe and nature. Uh, and so there's a readjustment I'm hearing around... It's not just, all right, let's go and live in a mud hut because that's the best way to do it and let's forget technology and marketing and, and business and all that stuff because it's, it's evil. But how how do we use that in a more... I heard the term purposeful, but I also remember, again, from the Do Lectures, this is 2013, I was, I was brought to the attention of this term biomimicry. And so how do we build our businesses and do our work in a way that... M- mirrors how nature is is working which doesn't you know unless you're a locust it isn't about just like eating everything in front of you so yeah i'm basically i was just grateful to sort of to hear sort of the depth of your sort of knowledge around this and also your kind of perspective on how we need to rethink what we're doing um i was conscious we have a question here from anya uh, and I wanted to make sure we tried to see if we can cover it. And I'm, it's a, I'm not sure if we have if we have something here, but is, it is something around how can we make connection to nature more equitable? As someone with mobility issues due to a disabling illness, the advice suggestion to get out in nature more, go to spaces conducive to feeling awe, can feel alienating and implicitly ableist, alas. For me, it's... it's- Again, it's something that I've learned on my journey is is the immense amount of privilege that that I bring to this, and 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 I've I've learned to check my privilege on a on a regular regular basis, and I I'm not even I didn't even have that understanding before. Um, I guess on some level I did, but it's only now that I've started to go. Oh, yeah, I'm a middle aged white guy. Um, I'm growing the beard to prove it. I'm going grey to prove it. Um, but I guess, uh, for me, I think that's the start point, is is the recognition of privilege. And and, uh, and I guess what all of this is about is an about time to consider our context. So, um, so, so there's so many there's so many layers. That, that put us that put us where we are, but I do think that part of that reconnection is is an increasing realization that that other people don't share that same privilege. So there's a great organisation here in in Leeds that that they they are dedicated to helping people with various abilities get out and and and, and just sample nature in in whatever way makes sense for them. And and um, I think that's you know it's all very well to talk about climbing mountains or, or kayaking down rivers but actually there are opportunities to, to to be present in nature all the time nature is all around us we're not we're not separate from nature so even even in springtime when you when you walk around it's it don't you think it's amazing that that nature has geared herself to put on this incredible show right at the start of spring and you think, oh, amazing! They, they, nature has done this because we, we, we've been through a dull winter, and look, nature's put on this show of colour. And imagine the work that is involved in trees and flowers. The first thing that they do is erupt into colour. 
And they're not doing that for our benefit. They're doing that to, to attract the bees and so that they get pollinated, so that later in the year they have fruit and so that they replicate. But once you once you tune into this, you, I find that awesome. I find that amazing. And I and I think these are the sorts of experiences that we should talk about much more than putting on a pedestal the conquest of a mountain or cycling around the world. Um, actually, we need to talk about people doing everyday things and and celebrate how special that is, the the, the connection that we can that we can all find. And that's that's certainly what what I try and do when I'm when I'm curating our books is. You know, there's no conquest narratives. There's no macho. Um, I, I, I climb this, aren't I? Aren't I amazing? And I go out of my way to find other authors of, from diverse backgrounds who've got something to say. Because let's face it, the outdoor space and the writing space is very white middle class. There's no no two ways about it. So, so I've worked with um, with, with 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 Black Girls Hike. Um, you know, we featured we featured books from trans authors. Um, I featured quite a few quite a few people of different backgrounds. So we've had Muslim authors, we've had female, lots of female authors. Actually, probably I think I've, I've almost had more female authors than I have male authors. Um, and and people like 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 who, who were in a position to be able to put forward a perspective. It's so important that we check up everything and think about and think about that message that we're putting out there and try and make ways in for for everyone so that everyone can find something in that and and not keep propagating these 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 myths that some people find exclusive exclusionary uh, and i think you know on what, uh, uh, at least a basic level is that appreciation of the privilege which i think is uh, really you know important there's also i think you you nodded to it already that acquisition of awe is not just by going into nature you don't you can there are different ways to to feel that experience of awe uh, and i think the opportunity to hike up a mountain or spend time in a field camping requires you know more effort on the parts of others than, than some of us so it, it's a it's one of those tricky things that um I think there's an appreciation, and then there's also how we how we make that possible for as many people as possible. But ultimately, I think for me, the key to this is this idea of feeling connected to ourselves, connected to each other, and connected to this planet, whatever that may be. Mm. Whether that's through nature or whether that's through being in com- community with others and feeling that sense of like, whoa, you know, these people see me, these people are like me. Like, or we're ho- hopefully on the call like this, on an event like Do Lectures, or on many Zoom calls that we seem to be finding uh, when you don't get Zoom fatigue, but you actually find you people that are people like you. Um, before we leave, is there anything that you would like to share uh, with our listeners and people watching now that um, you're doing at the moment that they would find interesting and useful given what you've been talking about? I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I always do. I'm choosing books that I share with people and I send them a different book every month and people have to trust me that I'm going to send them something they're going to find interesting and and that's what I do month in month out and that's and that's what I do and and I you, you talked at the beginning about about you know that traditional model of uh, of, of startups and that you would you would start it and you'd get some investment and then you'd look to exit the business I'm not interested in exiting the business. This is, for, for, for me, this is this is so ingrained in what I do that I want to continue doing this forever uh, and take take the community with us and, and finding that meaning and connection through reading, through being outdoors. That's for me. That's that's what it's all about, and that's what I'm going to continue doing for as long as I possibly can. Awesome. Thank you, Lawrence. Any final words? Mm. No, I just love listening to Tim's passion, really, and. I think vulnerability, I think, is appreciated to open up. I think particularly around, I guess, pivotal moments in, in your journey. I think I totally resonate with that, and I'm sure lots of others do in the chat. Um, and, and actually seeing where that seed of an idea has come from and that commitment you've made to it, I think it's really inspiring. Um, and it feels like it's just a start in some ways, even though you've been doing this for a few years. It feels like there's a lot of exciting times ahead. So excited to see where it goes. But, yeah, thanks for your 
your everything really today. It's been great. Well, thank you for your, for your support, both of you as well. You've, you, mm. I've I've always looked at you guys and thought that what a brilliant community they've made. You know, you 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 were doing things absolutely the right way, and you you, you curate a wonderful community. So so thank you for, for for all the support and for and for this platform. I I really appreciate. It. Cheers, oh, well, thank thank you very much, Tim. Um, I, I used to hate nature. I hated the idea of going out and it's like, oh, I'm going to get itchy with the grass. It's so hot and it's all muddy. Um, and I think I've now, uh, and as a kid, we never went camping. We never did anything in the outdoors. You know, my mom definitely did not like the idea of sleeping in a tent. What I've come to appreciate is um, despite the discomforts, the mosquitoes or the flies or whatever it is, there are moments that you will never forget when you're in, <laughs> places whether it is in a field just lying in the grass mm. in a park or mm. as lucky as we've been to be on the mountain somewhere staring into mm. the to the the enormity <laughs> that is planet earth i'll never forget uh, your snoring to be fair <sighs> he had to bring that up didn't he uh, <laughs> no, well, that's a story for another time when we talk about altitude um <laughs> But yeah, there there is there is difficulty and there's challenge with being in nature and the things that we do. We will be off there in the Alps in June, and you know, walking up to a refuge and that takes basically half a day to get to it is tiring, it's difficult. But when you get there and you experience that and you accept all the discomfort along the way, you won't forget it. And I think there's a, an element for me anyway. The analogy for me is is the acceptance of the uncertainty, acceptance of the discomfort, because I've lost touch with what it's actually like to be not in a box made of concrete um, and to actually be walking around with loads of flies and fucking mosquitoes. Anyway, <laughs> thank you very much again, everyone. Um, have a lovely rest of the day. I hope you have images of being connected to yourself, to other people and to nature buzzing through your head. Uh, and until next time, <laughs> catch you later. See you later. Bye-bye. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Tim. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Happy Entrepreneur Podcast. To hear more inspiring conversations like this, follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just search for the Happy Entrepreneur. In March, we'll be launching Tribe 7 of our Vision 2020 program. If you're at a point in your career or entrepreneurial journey where you're asking yourself, what next? and you need the clarity and confidence to make some bold decisions about a new direction, then this program is for you. We'll help you define what success really means to you, understand the impact that is yours to make, make sure your mission is both energetically and financially sustainable, and also learn how to build a supportive community around yourself. We want people who are driven to do good in the world and are tired of trying to do it on their own. We'll share the key lessons we've learned while building the Happy Startup School and pivoting from the stressful peaks and troughs of agency life to a life of freedom, adventure, service and connection. We value learning, play and friendship and we'd like to help you discover the values and the work that align more to who you are. Don't struggle alone and don't get sidetracked by other people's measures of success. Discover for yourself what it means to create effortless impact to apply for the next tribe, go to vision.happystartups.co. We look forward to hearing from you.